We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Thank you so much for tuning in to Weird Distractions Podcast. This is a weekly show where I, your host Alex, rotate in discussing true crime cases, paranormal hotspots, eerie folklore tales, urban legends, and conspiracy theories to provide you, and more than likely, what Oscar Claude Monet may have considered a weird distraction from everyday life. This week, we're heading on over to Paris, France for the first time ever to discuss a haunted hotspot. But before we dive into that, I have a little bit of housekeeping I want to go over, and then I'll share with you what I need a distraction from this week. As always, if you have a need for a distraction you want me to read in a future episode, please feel free to send me a DM or shoot me an email at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. In terms of housekeeping, just a little reminder that there are now two midweek mini spook episodes available now, and another two are scheduled for the remaining Wednesdays of October. I hope you're all enjoying this year's theme of Sinister Schools and enjoying the bite-sized spooky tales each week. In terms of my need for distraction this week, I would have to say my need for distraction is I'm planning an upcoming Halloween party. I think it's the first Halloween party I've had at my place, and I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed in the sense of wanting to make sure that I have enough decorations up, that I have all the food I need, and overall just the general, I think, overwhelm you get from hosting a party. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it to come, but I'm just a bit overwhelmed trying to plan everything, and so I need to distract myself from trying to plan everything and just take a little bit of a break from that. And I can't think of a better way than discussing a reported hotspot from Paris. As mentioned in the intro, this week's distraction has us going over to Paris, France for the first time ever. Hypothetically, of course, because flights are expensive and, you know, the whole bedbug situation going on over there. Creepy crawlies and pokes at Paris aside, this week we're getting distracted with probably one of the most notable French haunted hotspots being the Paris catacombs. Full transparency, I've always wanted to cover the Catacombs of Paris, but have been putting it off because it seems like a location that's been discussed quite a bit. That and my French is horrid. I was going to start this episode by saying bonjour, um, but then I just figured, well, I'm just going to say bonjour and then I can't say the rest in French. That sounds that good. So regardless, it is the spookiest season of them all, which makes it the perfect time to discuss the catacombs. And you haven't heard my retelling of the history, creepy lore, and alleged haunts of the Paris catacombs quite yet. Plus, I'm throwing in some occult observations as well. Due to potential coarse language, distressing topics, and other disturbing adult themes that could be discussed today, listener discretion is advised. Every day when you leave your home, do you wonder what's beneath you? 
No, I'm not referring to your shitty ex from high school who you've definitely glown up from. I'm talking about what's actually beneath you physically. Sure, there's concrete, maybe dirt, hardwood floors. But what if I told you, depending on where you're standing, there could be millions of dead people buried beneath you? Well, welcome to Paris, among other places in the world. Each location has its own reasoning behind why these mass graves exist. So let me tell you why there is this mass group of dead bodies buried specifically in the City of Light. The government in Paris realized they had a problem in the late 18th century, and at the time, the only thing that they could really rely on to help them was what was beneath them. During the 14th century, underground quarries and tunnels were dug up under Paris and surrounding areas in order to extract limestone, marl, gravel, and other materials, which, as the Walking Lab website noted, would help shape the Paris above ground that we all know today. It would make buildings, it would make structures, like they used everything beneath them to create something beautiful. This labyrinth of tunnels is thought to cover up an approximate 2,000 acres beneath the city, with reports claiming that those who made up the tunnels, quarries, and mines did not have formal training or really permission. They just kind of did it. Cave-ins and collapses would happen throughout this period, which isn't surprising given the circumstances. Eventually, most of the tunnels would be abandoned, except for those who were occasionally home to breweries or to mushroom farms. Let's talk about structure for a second, though, because below the city, a lot of material was dug up and dug out. On top of this laid all kinds of new buildings and structures that were probably quite heavy. Now, I'm not an engineer by trade, but I think if you dig up a bunch of ground from beneath you and then add a lot of weight on top of it, eventually you're gonna have a problem. And a problem was had in 1774. My accounts claim that massive sinkholes started forming. One particular sinkhole took several houses and their residents, leaving them all gone forever. Now, King Louis XVI sprung to this disaster by ordering a service to map the tunnel system and to prop up the dangerous parts. Tragically, new sinkholes formed again in 1784 and 1879, causing havoc in Paris. More havoc was to be had, as there was a new problem on the horizon, being the dead. Paris was booming in population as time went on, and as such, the local cemeteries began experiencing an overflow. On top of the population increase, many people were dying due to various pandemics, wars, and so on, and there wasn't a lot of room to bury them. Yes, cremation was an option, but some people wanted a good old-fashioned burial, which meant that those that opted to go underground often had to wait for space that wasn't guaranteed. One famous cemetery that I saw mentioned a lot, which is referred to in English as the Holy Innocent Cemetery, was one in particular that had to close its gates to new burials in the 18th century because of overflow, which makes sense given the cemetery was used from the Middle Ages until its closure. Millions of dead bodies were beginning to pile up, and it was not a cute scene. The bodies were creating quite the unsanitary situation, with a cult review's website stating, quote, the sanitary situation in the area became critical. The water from the wells was unfit for consumption, and more and more diseases were spreading, end quote. Remains were reportedly thrown into various pits across the city, where one apparently exploded due to decomposing gas. Faced with another big hurdle that really could cost more lives, the Paris government was forced to make a decision. A man by the name of Lieutenant Lenore made the interesting suggestion of using Paris's old stone tunnels and the quarries as a final destination for the dead. 
By 1785, the first arrangements were made in the underground quarries of the Thomas Water to accommodate the mostly skeletal remains. By the end of that same year, the transfer of the bones began, and it was a process to say the least. Which you may be wondering, was there anyone famous that was included in this kind of transfer of bones? According to the city's experiences website, architect Salmon de Brosse, who designed Paris's stately Luxembourg Palace, is now resting in the infamous catacombs, along with famous French fairy tale and fable writers Charles Perrault and Jean de La Fontaine and painter Simon Voet, who served as first painter to the king under Louis XIII. Now back to the transferring bit of this whole timeline. So the transfer would happen during the evening hours for over 15 months to start, in which carts were covered in black cloth accompanied by priests crossing the city to 21 Avenue René Coty. Some resources I came across, such as the Little House of Horrors website, noted that the transfer of bones was done at night so that local residents were not aware of it. Which is fair because I can't imagine everyone in Paris was on board with a mass underground grave. The bones were eventually placed in various rooms within galleries where an engraved plaque indicated the origins of the bones and the date of the transfers were eventually created according to resources. The underground site was dubbed the Paris Municipal Oshawa officially on April 7th of 1786. However, it would be referred to as the catacombs, which is apparently a nod to the Roman catacombs, and of course, this name stuck. Initially, the tunnels were filled with disorganized piles of bones, which obviously wasn't going to fly forever, and as I already mentioned, they were eventually put into galleries and they were put on display, and the rearrangement of these remains was led by a man named Louis Etienne Herricard de Thury. And my sincere apologies if I am so far butchering everything in French. Again, English is barely my first language, so here we are. Now, Thury would make the remains into elaborate walls and other formations, joined with masonry altars, columns, and plaques with quotations that evoked reflections and conversation surrounding mortality in a way that would promote curiosity, I'm sure. I should mention that there were only a few sections that Thury worked on, and not every single set of remains were used. It seems that there are tunnels where bones are just scattered or pile up among one another in a very disgraced, disregarded manner. I'm not sure why it's like this, but I mean, we're dealing with like millions of dead remains, so I don't know if maybe people just kind of gave up after Thury was done and said, hey, that was his gig, we're not gonna do it. It's hard to say. The bone transfers continued after the French Revolution until 1814, but then started up again in 1840 before completely ceasing in 1860. The catacombs would be opened by appointment to visitors in 1809, with the primary visitors being the elite in Paris, or the bourgeoisie if you will. The visitors would be able to go 65 feet below the city to pay their respects to loved ones or simply get a peek into the underground burial site. Today, anyone who is able to purchase a ticket can visit the formal burial site where they can learn the in-depth history of the catacombs before approaching the actual burial site. As they embark into the actual burial sites, they'll be faced with a sign that, translated to English, says, Stop. This is the Empire of Death. Speaking of visitors, even though the original underground tunnels span over 2,000 acres, 
Only some small areas are safe to explore, and thus, only a small portion is open to the public. There are areas of the underground tunnels and former quarries that are considered quite dangerous and should not be explored on their own. But that hasn't stopped many people from doing just that, exploring on their own. To the point where explorers have their own name, cataphiles. So cataphiles are folks who have a passion to explore Paris's underworld, usually on their own or maybe with another cataphile or two. The first known cataphile was a man named Philibert Aspert. During the French Revolution, Philibert was a doorman of a military teaching hospital, and local lore claims that one day he supposedly wandered down to the quarries by following a stairway found in the courtyard of the hospital. Because, fun fact, there are different entry points all the way down to the catacombs all across Paris. Some of them are closed, some of them have reopened. It's I didn't get into the specifics in my research as to which ones you can go through, but alas, there was one once at the hospital that Philibert worked at. Now, sources claim that Philibert was drunk. Others claim he was just going for a stroll. Nonetheless, Philibert only had a candle to light his way. Philibert got lost, and 11 years later, his remains were found, which authorities identified it was Philibert by the keychain he carried on his belt. Philibert's remains were reportedly interred within a restricted part of the Paris catacombs, where his tomb, in English, reads, To the memory of Philibert Aspert, lost in this quarry on November 3rd of 1793, found 11 years later and buried in the same place on April 30th of 1804. Weirdly enough, some people believe that cataphiles are a part of a cult, yet this has never been proven. Although one YouTube video I watched that was uploaded by Weird History noted that the number of cataphiles could be in the hundreds of thousands, meaning even if they're not one big cult, they have one big population. There's a lot of lore around the cataphile group, whether they're responsible for satanic worship or sacrifices in the catacombs. I came across a couple of different things in my research, but nothing was really proven as fact and thus remains as lore. Now, I'm not certain if it was a group of cataphiles or not, but apparently in 2004, police discovered a projector, theater seats, movies, and a giant cinema screen in one of the tunnels located under the city's Palais de Chateau. As well, there was also a fully stocked bar and restaurant located in this tunnel. There is electricity within portions of the tunnels, which wouldn't be hard to find and connect it to set this kind of little theater up. But what's weird is that this section had three active phone lines, which baffled authorities since the tunnels don't have this. There's no phone service whatsoever down there. When officials came back days later to check out this tunnel again, it had been taken away by whoever probably set it up to begin with. All that was left was a note that read, Do not try and find us. This isn't the first event within the tunnels, and I'm sure it won't be the last, as resources claim there have been raves, get-togethers, and even alleged presumed ritualistic meanings within the Paris's underground hotspot. Even though there is now an official tour of the catacombs, the tour only covers certain areas marked as safe to explore. Having said that, we all know there's going to be a curious cat or two that will want to go beyond what's allowed to explore, hence the cataphiles. According to resources, since November of 1955, it's been illegal to broach any unofficial entry point to the tunnels, but that hasn't stopped cataphiles from staying within the safe zones. Going beyond the designated areas is not for the faint of heart, and can actually lead to massive safety concerns as I've already kind of mentioned. For example, 
tunnels could collapse, or you could drown due to partially flooded areas. The biggest thing of all is the concern of getting lost and not being able to find your way back out considering most of the tunnels are still unmapped, not labeled or marked, and ultimately unknown to most of society. If anyone has watched the movie As Above, So Below, then you know exactly what I mean. That movie is based out of the catacombs and actually was filmed in portions of the catacombs, which is interesting. There's no cell or internet service in the tunnels, so if you get lost, trying to call someone for help is basically a waste of time and energy. And yet there's more tales of folks exploring beyond the safe zones of the catacombs, one in particular that I wanted to share with you all. According to resources I came across, in 2007, two teenage boys had to be rescued after spending three days lost within the catacombs. The Guardian noted the following in a direct quote. The two, aged 16 and 17, were taken to hospital and were treated for hypothermia after being found by search teams and rescue dogs in the early hours of Wednesday morning. It was a big thanks to the dogs that we found them. A spokesman for the Paris Fire Service said, end quote. Thankfully, those boys survived, and hopefully those tuning in aren't thinking of being daredevils or cataphiles within the catacombs anytime soon. I get the thrill of exploring beyond the barriers of what's allowed, but I'm definitely not condoning it. Since 2002, the Paris catacombs have been managed by the Carnavalet Museum, which apparently is interested in everything concerning the history of Paris, according to resources. If you do decide to make a stop at the catacombs whilst in Paris, here is what you can expect, which I gathered from online, of course, because if you're like me and you can't currently afford to go, you need to depend on online resources to explain what's what. Based on what I gathered, you reportedly start at the entry on the Place d'Enfer Rocheru at the level of one of the Octroi buildings. After descending 130 steps, you can access a tour, which stretches over two kilometers and ends on Avenue René Cote. During the guided tour, because remember, safety is key down there, you can witness the Porte Mahon Gallery, which includes sculptures made by Francois de Cure, who was a quarry man that worked between 1777 and 1782. Apparently, he made this during his lunch breaks and even after work. The Col Revue's website noted that the visit lasts around 45 minutes, where you then exit out of a gift shop. Just because there's death nearby doesn't mean capitalism isn't. Speaking of capitalism, let's get into some of the occult observations to learn what paying customers have to say about their visits to the Paris catacombs. Welcome back to another rendition of Occult Observations. This is a mini-segment where I read the good, the bad, and the downright weird online reviews, or what I call occult observations of the locations being discussed. As always, I'll read two negative and two positive occult observations, starting off with the negative ones so that we can end on a positive note. The first occult observation is from user Reagan. They left this in March of 2023, and I found this on Google Reviews. Their rating is one of five stars, and the observation reads as follows. If you're into the whole surrounded by dead people thing, then this place is your heaven on earth. However, if you're a normal person who enjoys living and breathing, then stay the hell away. 
The narrow passageways filled with human bones are sure to make your skin crawl and your heart race. And if that's not enough to scare you, the rumors of ghost sightings and paranormal activity will definitely send shivers down your spine. End of observation. The next occult observation is from user Katerina. They posted this on Google Reviews in January of this year, and they left a 1 out of 5 star rating. The observation reads as follows. Unfortunately, nice lady in the entrance is not interested in having guests, and guest is spelt without a U. Some problems and questions, question mark? Nobody cares here. You came from far away and want to visit catacombs in Paris? It's your problems. Online tickets are sold out. Do you want to pay with cash? Fork you. Come tomorrow, maybe we'll sell you it. Oh, you came only for one day? Next, please. Sad to have this experience. End of occult observation. Katerina, that was a lot to process, and I just want to know, you good? You okay? Because it doesn't sound like you're okay. Now on to some positive occult observations. The first one is from user DaisyChain12. They posted this in August of this year, and I found this on TripAdvisor. DaisyChain12 gave the Paris Catacombs 5 out of 5 stars, and the observation reads as follows. I am visiting Paris with a friend who was super keen and booked us both tickets for here. We arrived just before timed ticket and we were greeted by helpful, smiley staff. There was a bag check and numerous ticket checks and having got our audio guide, we headed in. There is a fair amount of steps down a spiral staircase. We were happy with a good amount of information of how the bones got to the catacombs, why and from where. It was eerie seeing the huge amount of bones, but weird, you quickly became rather immune. It was an interesting visit, and whilst the most expensive thing we visited, I think they did present it well as an experience for tourists. There is a fair amount of walking involved and can be a bit slippery underfoot. End of observation. Now the last occult observation I have for you all today is from user Donna T., Donna T posted this on TripAdvisor back in October 2015, and they left four out of five stars. The observation reads as follows. Went today. Stood in line about 45 minutes, which we thought wasn't too bad. Price was 10 euro each. I think there was about 130 steps going down and about 80 going back up. There is a lot of walking and some of the walkways aren't real smooth so make sure you wear good walking shoes and take a jacket since it is cooler underground. I was amazed by the amount of bones and skulls. They had signs posted not to touch the bones but who would want to? I like going to haunted houses but this was really creepy even for me. I guess because they are real human bones. Some of the skulls had obviously been damaged by tourists which bothered me. It was an amazing experience. It took us about an hour to walk through. My husband jokingly said, I wonder if this will end in a gift shop. Well, it does with one across the street. End of occult observation. There you have it for occult observations of the Paris catacombs. I think it's now time we get stepping into some of the paranormal reports.
From what I was able to comprehend in my research, there hasn't been many paranormal investigations within the tunnels, which isn't surprising given the potential safety concerns that could arise. However, I was able to find one investigation on YouTube, along with some allegations of paranormal accounts to present to you all today. In terms of the paranormal accounts, for starters, people have said they have felt like the walls began speaking to them. In a YouTube video uploaded by Loie Lane, they explain how if you find yourself within the catacombs past midnight, you will hear voices come through the walls of the human remains. Part of me thinks that this could be your mind playing tricks on you. There is something to be said about just the general mind tricks that one can experience while underground. It doesn't take much to assume the uneasiness, anxiety, and claustrophobic reactions that could take place, especially if you end up wandering away from the designated areas. Speaking of wandering around the catacombs, do you remember the first cataphile being Philibert Aspert? Well, apparently on the anniversary of his disappearance, which is believed to be November 3rd of 1793, his spirit wanders the catacombs trying to find his way out. I couldn't find any more details on this occurrence, so I have a hunch it's more local lore than anything else. Regardless, I did want to talk about one of the investigations I came across while trying to find reported hauntings and all that good stuff, which this investigation was uploaded by YouTuber Amy's Crypt. This was an hour-long documentary-style video in which Amy captured growling noises, unexplained sounds, grunts, and even some weird chanting noises that, again, were unexplainable. Additionally, I came across one post by a username Tours Travel Finder during my research, whose post I wanted to share after they were asked, quote, Are the Paris catacombs haunted? Here's their post now in a direct quote. Hey there, I've got to say, the Paris catacombs are one spooky place, and the rumors about them being haunted have been around for ages. I've explored these underground tunnels a few times, and while I can't confirm any ghostly encounters, I can certainly share some eerie experiences. Once during a midnight expedition with my adventurous buddies, we ventured deep into the catacombs armed with flashlights and our nerves of steel. As we descended further into the labyrinth of bones, we heard strange echoes and whispers that sent chills down our spines. Might have been just our imagination playing tricks on us in that dimly lit, bone-filled underworld, but it was undeniably creepy. However, I've met with locals who swear they've seen shadowy figures and heard ghostly moans down there, so it's safe to say that the Paris catacombs have a reputation for being haunted. Whether it's real or just a product of a spooky atmosphere, well, that's a mystery that continues to intrigue explorers like me. So, are the Paris catacombs haunted? It's hard to say for sure, but one thing's certain, they'll give you an unforgettable, spine-tingling experience. Whether it's the lingering spirits of the past or simply your imagination running wild in that eerie underground world, you're in for an adventure like no other if you decide to explore the catacombs. Just make sure to bring a buddy and a strong flashlight, you'll need both nerves and light down there." End quote. I wanted to include this post not because it's someone's experience, but also because I think it kind of just feeds into the fact that because there haven't been a lot of investigations down there, it's really hard to say that there's clear-cut proof of the catacombs being haunted. I mean, yes, this is a site where there are more than 6 million people buried, but does that automatically mean it's haunted? I've posed this question numerous times where it's hard to say whether a place that's experienced a murder or a death on site or 
perhaps even has human remains, ends up automatically being haunted or not. I still don't have the answer to that question, and I don't know if I ever will, but as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. One last thing I want to discuss is a spooky mystery that I stumbled upon while wrapping up my research for this week's episode. Apparently, in 1993, there was found footage of a man who was filming his way while exploring the catacombs. The footage, which I found on YouTube, seems to be someone doing a point-of-view shot style throughout the tunnels. You don't see who is filming the video or really hear much of them. It's mostly shots of the tunnels and of the skeletal remains. Given the shots that he takes in this video, it appears he is beyond where the tour typically goes. And there are bones scattered in various rooms all over the place, which I mentioned before. There are some sections and some tunnels where there are just mass piles of bones everywhere. And then all of a sudden in this film footage, he drops the camera. You see it on the ground facing what looks to be a puddle and just kind of hear him panting and running away. Supposedly no one to this day knows where this person who took the film is, whether they left their camera behind and got out or perhaps still are in the tunnels to this day. Some people have even questioned the legitimacy of the film, but who knows? It seems real to me, so I'm kind of in the middle of it could be real, it could not be real. And with that, it's time to wrap up this week's episode. I've said it before, and I will say it again, I love a spooky underground tunnel. I just feel they hold so much more mystery and possibility that just ignites curiosity. But again, it's one thing to be curious, and it's another thing to be unsafe, so if you do decide you want to explore the catacombs of Paris after today's episode, please do so wisely. I hope you enjoyed my retelling of the history, haunts, and the occult observations of the Paris catacombs. There is so much more to these tunnels that I just couldn't fit in today's episode, like their involvement in various wars or some of the art that's located down there. But hopefully the parts that were discussed gave a shiver down your spine and a desire to learn more about this location. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode over on the podcast social media accounts, or feel free to shoot me an email if you are emailing me regarding the correction of any French pronunciation. I appreciate that. Just please be kind because, again, English is my first language and I did a lot of jolly phonicsing for this episode. I hope you could appreciate that. But yeah, if there's any pronunciation you want to teach me, feel free to do so. I always appreciate it. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, anyone who you think needs a distraction about the show. Doing so is one of the best ways to support this show for free. Speaking of supporting the podcast for free, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, or whatever platform you're tuning into. When it comes to any corrections that need to be made or perhaps some constructive feedback, please feel free to send me an email at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. Are you looking to rep some Weird Distractions merch? Please check out the link in today's show notes for the bonfire link. It's never a bad time to treat somebody you love or perhaps treat yourself. Although the Patreon page is currently on an indefinite hiatus, I just want to thank the previous patrons of the show. Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Shadow, Courtney, Cheryl, Susan, Jennifer, and Kristen. 
Thank you for supporting the Patreon page. I truly appreciate every single one of you. For those on social media, Weird Distractions can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, and Facebook. Lastly, I'm always wanting to hear from you. I'm looking to hear about your weird paranormal encounters, maybe too close to home true crime cases, and other weird experiences that you're willing to share to be featured on a future Listener Distractions episode. No matter how short, how long, spooky, or just weird, send your tales my way to, again, the show's email address being weirddistractionspodcasts at outlook.com. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. (laughs) 